Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood, allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels. And be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon. Mars's war sense led him all around the city, to several scenes of devastation. While vast distinctions existed between the combat theaters, there were signatures embedded within each, designating their creator. The near-bottomless pit he encountered on Fisher Avenue could only have been the work of the Deadnought, and the warped-together city blocks along Jessup Street spoke to the reality-abolishing presence of Lynn's Void. The last in the series of war zones placed him directly in front of the house he shared with his fellow passengers. A delicate sonic scarring enveloped the soundscape of the area, a persistent echo that did not quit the air as promptly as ordinary sound should. Mars's own hearing wasn't as discerning as Keith's, but it was enhanced enough to detect the conductor's work, the violence wrought by his invisible, killing words. 
He rushed inside, where a more confused signature of battle vibrated through his bones. His impression of the violence was strange, as if it occurred and then somehow vanished, leaving the slightest trace of itself behind. Desperate to warn his companions of the oncoming monstrosities, he almost kicked the door from its hinges as he burst inside. The house was empty. Like stepping into a bad dream, the spirit of alienage filled even the most familiar scenes, turning well-worn spaces into havens for strangers. His eyes moved to the film reel containing the movie to consume wonder. It was casually set out on a shelf, like an antique on display, as if it hadn't almost killed them all. No one from the company had so much as mentioned the thing since they were first tasked with its retrieval. It was all just a game of survival, he thought. The purpose of their machine-given lives amounting to little more than one big pressure test. He wondered if this most recent danger was just the next in a series of trials designed to push them all closer to the edge. His thoughts immediately went to Lynn, the passenger closest to tumbling into the abyss. She was already in freefall, and he could do nothing to catch her. Mars left the house and came upon a nearby gathering of Melsapien, where they clustered around a dimly lit front porch, whispering back and forth to one another. They watched him approach with all the curiosity of sharks. He felt their eyes snatch at his weaknesses. What happened here? Mars asked, gesturing to the smoke and fire haunting the neighborhood. Looks like your people, your passengers, put a whooping on William and his men. Can't say I ain't happy for the fact, neither. Where are they now? The rest of my team. Mars felt a strange sense of camaraderie well up in his chest over use of the word team. Heard your folks marched a whole lot of the wanderers back to William's place. Some folks think there's gonna be a changing of the guard. There isn't gonna be a guard, or anything else, if we don't get the hell out of here as soon as we can. Mars growled as if he'd been challenged. Listen, tell everyone they need to head to Williams. I'll explain everything once everybody's there. We need to form an exit plan, like yesterday. The collection of Malsapiens looked stunned by the Warbringer's words, looking back and forth between one another, unmoving. Come on, you ain't got all fucking day. Get going. Mars roared before disappearing into the shadows. As he made for Devon Street, he could hear the crowd behind him disperse calling out to whomever might hear. Out of habit, he traveled undercover, through debris-strewn alleyways and densely thicketed backyards. All the while, his senses bristled at any and every sound, expecting patchwork monsters at every turn, and perhaps hungering a bit for the possibility. As he rushed through the ruin of a time-toppled garage, he heard wings overhead and caught a brief glimpse of something large streaking across the sky. Mars tilted his head to catch its scent, the familiar musk of animal and blood. They're here, he confirmed to himself. Leaping to the apex of a nearby gambrel roof, he squatted low and scanned the sky. Finding nothing, he directed his gaze downward to the many places where the forest leaked into the city, small rivulets of bramble and bush that pooled within neglected yards and abandoned lots an open door to all things that crawled and slithered and stalked. But of all his senses, it was the one designed for detecting violence that began to prick, hinting at several locations all around him. 
He needed to move faster. A scream sounded in the distance and abruptly vanished. Mars's war sense dimmed with the resulting silence, betokening nothing less than the end of a struggle. The passenger referenced a constellation of facts he'd recently pieced together about the monsters, how they somehow merged with whatever creatures they consumed. He didn't wonder at the fate of the screamer. The Romeo House was a sprawling three-story Victorian bed-and-breakfast that had once been a major tourist draw for the pre-Noctum city of Kettleston. But now, after the darkness and the slaughter of so many witches, it was relegated to headquarters for the Wanderers, the seat of William Church's tiny empire. The leaders sat in the smoke room, a beautiful salon made from dark chestnut and filled with antique furniture and a massive mahogany bar. The room looked outside through three tall, steepled windows. The view was a darksome vision indeed, a sliver of moon smiling ominously atop swaying fields of overgrowth. William felt like he was shrinking into his antiquated seat as he prepared to answer for the attack upon the new lords of Witchtown, the passengers. He'd initially taken the tall British fella for their leader. The flawless blonde seemed far too smooth to play second fiddle, the way he just sat back and smiled while the giant zombie made mincemeat of William's muscle was classic boss man shtick. As for that fight, he couldn't recall a time when Austin, aka Hothead, had ever lost so badly, beaten within an inch of his life. And when the skinny, dark-haired woman showed up and started calling the shots, William almost swallowed his gum. But it didn't take long for him to see why she was out in front. It was all in those eyes of hers, colder and darker than Alaskan crude. If you morons hadn't forced our hand tonight, we would have approached you, done things the easy way. I honestly can't even say what pleasure you people derive out of trying to run a city that's clearly not up for grabs. Does the company even know about the shit you pull around here? Why should they care about what we do here, girlie? William asked, flashing a shit-eating grin. You think they don't like watching shit sort itself out? Ain't you ever wondered if that's why we're all packed in here? To see who floats and who don't. Leastways, that's what it seems like to me. CNA never mentioned it. So, given that, I'm confident we're doing the good lord's work here. Ain't that right, Artie? Sounds about right to me, replied Artie, fixing his cold stare upon the gigantic undead thing, wondering, no doubt if the giant could weather his lethal sting and the soul-eroding venom that accompanied it. The soul stinger and his ever-present squeeze, Veronica, were told to stand down after Austin was handily bested. The monstrous thing he heard the leader of the passengers call Cromwell seemed too big a fish to fry at the time. But now, after the dust had settled, he wondered if he, Artie, and Veronica couldn't take the two of them in a rush. The thought perished as two more passengers entered the room. It was the blonde Brit again, and some young girl he'd never seen before. I found Hazel. No thanks to the wanderer who saw fit to damage her memory. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The room went cold at the mention of the young girl, Hazel, being harmed, and the Brit stopped mid-sentence to watch the giant aim his eyeless stare at William. The lights dimmed with the temperature and everyone's breath came out in a mist. Before the monster could make good on his unspoken threat, the girl called to him. Cromwell, I'm fine. Just a little brain fog is all. At that, the monster settled back upon its massive heels. But its stare, even without benefit of eyes, still fell almost palpably upon William. Feeling crushed by the weighty glower, William shifted uncomfortably in his seat and diverted his eyes sideways noticing that Artie's once frozen glare had fallen to the floor. Maz, however, the blonde Brit began again, his ever-present smirk aglow, was nowhere to be found. Although, I'll give you one guess where he went, or more specifically, what he went chasing after. The leader of the passengers shook her head and exhaled frustration. Jesus Christ! Why can't he just tell someone what he's up to? Family problems? William chuckled beneath his own brimming smile. So sweet of you to ask, Mr. Church, the Brit responded, his smile rising against William's. But it's your family, I'm afraid, that might need looking after. At least that robotic scoundrel of yours. You'll find him tucked neatly away in the garage. If you wish to see him, seems he and his mechanical pet are all out of sorts at the moment. A blown gasket, perhaps. William's smile inverted, and he thought of testing his reach, if only to crush the Brit's grin into smoking ruin. You guys seem to like beating up on your own just a little too much, William said, noticeably pissed off. Tell me, Goldilocks. Where'd you all tuck away, old Wilford Gimmel? He looks sideways at the big guy's girlfriend over there? Hazel, isn't it? The dark-haired leader took the question before the Brit could answer. That's what we wanted to talk to you about before you sent your goon squad to jump us. Mr. Gimmel was killed by something else. Some kind of feral monstrosity, I don't know. It ate the man whole and took off into the woods. But more importantly... There could be more of them. A lot more. <laughs> yeah, sure. And a one-armed man stole my homework. You guys stink. Use your head, moron. We could finish the lot of you right now in this very room. So why would we bother lying to you? We wanted to make sure the city was on the same page about what we're all facing. So we thought to go through you to get the word out, since you're such a big shot around here. You said it yourself, Chicky. We ain't got the kind of pull as the company does. 
so why not tell them about it? I don't know about you, but we don't seem to have the company on speed dial. Spider just shows up whenever the mood strikes him, and to be honest, one mouth sapien to another, I'm not even sure the company isn't somehow behind all this. And if you call me girly, or chicky, or whatever other demeaning term you can think of one more time, I'll rip you and your party pals right out of the world, like dog shit scraped from the soul of the universe. You understand me? The earth rumbled beneath the house before William could answer, sending various clutter and detritus to the floor. Passenger and wanderer alike froze, everyone prying a flurry of senses to their surroundings, trying to ascertain the source of the disturbance. What the fuck was that? William asked, slowly rising from his seat. I think it was the one-armed man. Come for your homework, Mr. Church. William swore to himself he'd tear that grin from the blonde's face if it was the last thing he ever did. Are you getting anything, Lynn? Hazel asked, moving away from the window. Yeah, Lynn, what's the scoop? William mocked, always willing to push his luck, right off a cliff if necessary. Lynn shot a look at him, a look that suggested she might share his want to tear off certain smiles. I'm getting something, but it's a blur. And it's not just one set of senses either. Lynn squinted in concentration as she explained. The Brit was close on her heels with additional insights. Several of them, coming from the woods. Looks like they're spreading out into the city. Nothing sufficiently colossal to shift the earth beneath our very feet, however. Look, uh, if these things eat people, I I still got guys out there. William looked to the other wanderers in the room, readying them. Family troubles, Mr. Church, the Brit asked, his grin like a middle finger. William fumed to himself, his eyes on the verge of darkness. If there's a fight brewing, then we best get to it, unless that is, you plan on stopping us. To put the appropriate edge on his words, the wanderer glared into Lynn's eyes. He regretted at the instant they looked back into his. This Lynn wasn't a woman at all, he realized, sinking into her stare. She was the end, but not just of life. A man might continue without life. He might make it as a ghost, perhaps slip into a world outside this one. No, this creature looking back at him, reducing him, annulling him, was the last stop for all creation. She was oblivion. She finally released him from her gaze, and he gasped, instinctively put a hand to his throat. Like you said, Mr. Church... We're all Malsapiens, Lynn responded, her eyes shining coldly. We're all in this together, my people and yours. If there is indeed a fight to be had, we'll take it up together. Her smile had a hundred times the venom of her blonde companion. What a wonderful moment. A broken brotherhood now mended, mocked the giant. And now, as Malsapiens renewed... Shall we all march out into the night to do battle with the great unknown? William wondered if there was a passenger who wasn't a smartass. With a giant in the lead, the group emptied onto the veranda overlooking the faintly visible field. The moon banished again behind a curtain of cloud cover. From between loud gusts of wind came the occasional and distant sound of screams. 
as well as the crackling and booming of Malgenic abilities. As the group looked out over the city from their high vantage, a blue plume of light rose from an overgrown section of tumble-down houses, followed by the sound of inhuman things, their voices little more than the caterwaul of beasts. Only once more came the din and rumble of a titanic tread, stomping somewhere beyond the tree line, or perhaps beneath it, deep within the earth. As the two groups descended the stairs towards the street, a figure emerged from the shadows. Lynn, you guys don't want to head out there. Trust me. We got big problems. Real big. One of yours, I'm guessing? William asked as a figure approached the weak light of the porch. He was rugged and lean and had the look of a scrapper, the kind of guy William was accustomed to dealing with whenever he had reason to stroll the boardwalks at Dismouth. The leader of the passengers ignored the wanderer's question and turned her attention fully upon the newcomer. What the hell is going on, Mars? Lynn's voice held a twinge of concern. Where have you been? Mars? William guffawed, coaxing a few chuckles from his people. The rough-looking passenger stabbed William with a quick glare before answering his boss. There could be millions of these things, Lynn, and they're headed right for the fucking city. We gotta get everyone the hell out of here. Millions, you say? You must be in your glory, Mars. Why, you'll be round and fat as a harvest moon by night's end. <laughs> the giant passenger quipped, laughing at his own joke. Somewhere in the house, a phone rang, surprising William. That, that, that phone ain't rung since I've been here. Who the fuck could be calling? Perhaps you might answer it and find out, yes, Keith teased. I do believe that is how the telephonic ritual is properly accomplished. William refused to look upon the man's grinning face again. He was afraid of what killing the Brit would do to the cobbled alliance. The persistent ringing, and no small amount of curiosity, led William back into the house to answer the phone. Snatching the handset from the base, he held it to his ear. Hello, Mr. Church. You will listen to what I have to say very, very carefully. As if your life depended upon it. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, We'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletters.